Welcome to Fluent and Bravo. I'm your host and Bravo superfan, Angela Carlson. Join me every week to recap various shows from the Bravoverse and deep dives into pop culture and entertainment news. Now let's get to it. Season 11, Episode 2 of Vanderpump Rules, The Ultimate Betrayal. The Peacock description for this episode is Tom Sandoval returns to Los Angeles just in time for his birthday. Again, the Peacock description, super lazy. I will work for cheap Peacock if you want to hire me to actually write a thorough summary of each week's episodes. We open at Tom Nariana's house in Valley Village. He's on one side of the house. She's on the other. Tom comes down to the kitchen and greets his assistant, Anne, who has the worst job in the world. And she is assistant to the reality stars. She's honestly the ultimate hero of this. This this should not be called the ultimate betrayal. It should be called the ultimate hero. We stand Anne. We appreciate Anne. She has probably the hardest job in show business. Tom is then in a power blazer that you would find on the clearance rack of a woman's section in TJ Maxx and talks about how hard life has been since the scandal that we are just all so, so over as fans. He says he had to escape, um, and the best way was this opportunity filming a reality show, which we, of course, know as Special Forces. Tom talks to Anne, um, who he expects over at the house for the day. And then he starts talking about his relationship with Schwartz and how it isn't okay. And he feels really hurt that Schwartz went on Jackson Britney's podcast and talked shit about him. I listened to that podcast. It wasn't that bad. He does. I mean, honestly, Jax was kind of leading him to go, yeah, I hate Santa Paul. That guy's such a piece of shit. He's, he's such a manipulator. And, you know, Schwartz, you're just such a nice guy. And I mean, it was mostly Jax leading the charge. And Schwartz was kind of like, yeah, I kind of can see how I was manipulated into being sort of his, the fall guy, or I was his accomplice, if you will. Tom brings up to Anne that it's his birthday tomorrow. So of course she's like, happy birthday. You know, when people always are like, oh, it's my birthday next week. So they can get the well wishes. So Tom was definitely doing that with Anne. She's like, oh my gosh, yeah, happy birthday. And he really wants to throw a party for his birthday. Rightfully so. I, I think he should as well. It's his house. He pays the bills or half the bills at least. He should be able to throw a party at his house. He does mention Anne. He goes, you know, Ariana can come if she wants to, but I really want to throw a party. And then he actually does say to Anne, which I think is a nice offer. Listen, and I'm not a, a Tom Sandoval apologist at all, but he does say, hey, I will I will uh, put her up in a really nice hotel room for the night if she doesn't feel comfortable being here during my birthday party. And then texts Ariana, which says, hi, sorry to bother you with lots of yous at the end. But Jason is coming over to hang with Tom in a bit. And we find out later that Jason is Tom's band's manager. And I think he will be in the gym. So basically, Anne's job is just to let Ariana know exactly what Tom is doing, who is coming over. That sounds absolutely exhausting and really putting her in an uncomfortable position to constantly be texting her boss's ex. Tom heads back upstairs and Anne receives a text back from Ariana that says, okay, I won't be here, exclamation point. I'm going to take Maya out, which is their dog. Meanwhile, Anne is just being just a sweetheart. And I noticed that in the shot of her text, she's parting all of Ariana's responses. She's just being going above and beyond in her job description. And whatever Tom is paying her, he needs to pay her more. Ariana and Maya then head downstairs and are greeted by a very sweet Anne. 
and tells Ariana how pretty she looks. And Ariana's like, thanks. Thanks so much. <laughs> I don't know why that made me fun. I don't know why that made me laugh. It just was funny. And of course, is then extremely nervous to approach Ariana about Tom's birthday party and about Tom's invitation to put her up in a nice hotel room. Basically, Ariana is like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Ariana, take him up on the offer. Make him buy you an expensive hotel room or even shit. Get him. Have him buy you a suite, especially if it's on Tom's dime. And then go to every hotel bar, raid the mini fridge, book a massage through the hotel, charge everything to that room and just enjoy your night, girl. Enjoy it. She then tells Anne that if he wants to have a party at their house, at her house, that he can have it somewhere else. And she also says that if there are a lot of people that are making noise, that she's just going to call the cops. And then double checks with Ariana about Sandoval's friend coming over. And Ariana says that she will just keep existing like she normally does in her own home. She's just being an ice queen. An ice queen. Here's the thing. Sandoval, yes. Is he a piece of shit? Is he the worst boyfriend ever? What he did was absolutely horrible. But he didn't kill anyone. Okay. Also, at this point, you guys are choosing to live together. This is the crap that comes with living with an ex. He has every right to be there just as much as she does. And he has a right to throw a birthday party there and have friends there. And it's, and she has a right to do the same. Hashtag justice for Anne. Glad that scene is finally over. So uncomfortable. But then we make our way to Villa Rosa for the, for the one Lisa scene. At least what I thought was the one Lisa scene that they have to contractually obligate. Um, that they're contractually obligated to shoot. Lisa's with her hairstylist, Patrick, talking about how her and her partners have decided to close a restaurant pump. There is a little backstory of drama here. She's kind of saying that they raised the rent really high and basically pump isn't making any money anymore. I guess the people that the owner of the buildings or I don't know exactly how that works when you rent a, a commercial space, but they're saying that's full of crap what Lisa was claiming about the rent being spiked up and basically saying that pump has suffered ever since COVID, which, yeah, there's a ton of restaurants that had to close because of COVID protocols. And especially in California, where those were some of the strictest COVID protocols. So I don't know who's right or wrong. Uh, you know, Lisa is a businesswoman. Obviously, it looks really bad if you just say, hey, you know, we're not doing well or we never recovered from COVID. Maybe it is a more convenient thing to say, hey, we got to close because the rent is getting so high versus this restaurant is becoming a money pit. Then we're back to James and Allie. They're going for a very slow walk. I'm like, come on, guys, let's pick up, let's pick up the pace here. I see 85 year olds walking faster than you guys. Maybe they're doing it for the camera crew. I don't know. They're talking about getting a dog since they have a new house. James then talks about how he misses his dog with Raquel named Graham Cracker. And he has no idea where he is. Of course, now we know that James and Allie got reunited with Graham Cracker. They gave Graham a new name, though. Like kind of like new year, new name, new me. I'm not sure what that is, but maybe we'll see that storyline play out. Back to Tom and Ariana's house and Jason, who's Tom's friend, a.k.a. on Tom's payroll, a.k.a. Tom's band's manager. They are there and Jason is talking about Raquel. Tom admits that he's still very much in love with her. And then it segues into talks about his birthday party. Tom and Jason are shocked when Anne basically says that Ariana told them that if the party gets too loud, that she will call the cops. Tom then asks Anne to ask Ariana 
and the telephone game from hell if they can compromise and promises everyone is out by midnight, which I honestly think is it's manageable. I mean, Sandoval, it's hard to hate Sandoval so far this season. It was easy to hate him last season, but it is hard to hate him this season because I think he's doing very reasonable requests and texts. Hi, exclamation point. So sorry, exclamation point. So he was wondering if he can have people, but like a very small group, maybe 12, and then have everyone out by midnight, question mark. Okay, question mark. So sorry, exclamation. Stop. And you got to stop with the apologizing. Ariana is not writing your checks. Sandoval's writing your checks. Remember who you're representing, girl. I know you're trying to be respectful. I know you're in a really rough place, but she does the exact same thing that I used to do for years and years and years, which is apologize for crap that is not your fault. So stop it. Stop it, Anne. You're doing a great job, girl. Hashtag justice for Anne. Now, I want to actually introduce a new segment I'm going to do on my podcast. It's probably going to be for the newer episodes that I'm recapping versus the vintage ones that I'm recapping because obviously they they there's a lot of restaurants that are now closed that were filmed, you know, back in 2006, 2007, because I'm recapping Real Housewives of Orange County as well. But I want to call this, I don't know if I'm going to call it Bravo Bites or Bravo Budget Bites, but something like that, where I am going to do a rundown of what the cast members order and how much it is. So now to our first ever Bravo Bites or Bravo Budget Bites whatever. You guys can email me at fluentandbravo at gmail.com if you have any input. Lala and Ariana meet at what a peach in Studio City. So I looked this place up and it has 4.7 out of five stars and 80 reviews. So that's pretty good. Lala orders a green machine smoothie. So in this smoothie, there's kale, spinach, avocado, hemp hearts. I don't even know what hemp hearts are, but I didn't even know hemp had hearts. Mango, pineapple, chia seeds, black seeds, and orange juice. It is 453 calories. So basically a meal, which is great. And the total price, $11.49. That's not bad for California prices. And especially in this economy, that's comparable to what a nice, expensive, healthy smoothie would be in the parts where I live. Ariana orders a pink dragon. A pink dragon has dragon fruit, strawberry, lychee. Is that how, am I saying that right? Lychee, banana, agave, goji berries, and orange juice. 180 calories, and that is $9.85. Definitely not as filling as Lala's. Lala's had, but do kale, spinach, avocado, that's all very expensive crap. Hemp hearts, those don't seem easy to find. So Lala got the more expensive smoothie, but it also had more punch in it. Like that's a meal. That's that's good. Lala picks up the tab. Honestly, do we think they pay for their... I think they do. In this instance, I really do think that Lala paid for it out of her own money. I don't think production gave her... I don't think she gave her receipt to production and they said, oh, here's here's the money for that smoothie date that you and Ariana had. I think they are really friends in real life. Unlike other, Unlike the Real Housewives where they really don't hang out unless they're filming, I do think the Vanderpump Rules people hang out all the time when they're not filming. So I think she really did pay for, and I'd pick up the tab too. That's only like, what, 20, 22 bucks plus a, plus a tip. That's a pretty cheap date on Vanderpump Rules. Ariana and Lala get to chatting. Ariana does tell Lala about how Tom wants to have a birthday party. Lala is so reasonable here. She's like, yeah, and what's wrong with that? Ariana says, hey, I'm I'm going to call the cops if it gets too crazy. It's It's my house too. And then Lala goes, but why would you do that? 
I, I'm Lala here. I, I don't understand. And Lala also says, hey, what does your new man Dan think of all this? I, I mean, I, it would be hard to date someone that's still living with their ex and their ex still has all this animosity towards them. And it's just weird. Uh, Ariana's new boyfriend definitely, you know, doesn't like the situation. He wants her to get her own place. He goes, hey, I, we spend so much money when I do come to visit you on staying somewhere else. Like, let's get to it. Ariana then talks. They, they then shift, which I get because I'm like, we're all over Sandoval at this point. We're all over the scandal. But they do shift into maybe potentially Ariana becoming a mom later on down the road with Dan because she does say that Dan opened her eyes to what a true partner would feel like and how she does feel like she could have maybe a child or children with him. We now move to the closing of the pump party and Ken and Lisa. <laughs> Lisa gives a speech. This part was so boring. I was tr I was so checked out on this whole part because here's the thing. I don't feel like I've been watching Vanderpump Rules since the beginning. We focused on Sir. Sir was a restaurant where all of these relationships, people, friendships, romantic or otherwise were all based off of yes did we see the opening of pump but we didn't really focus a lot of our attention there we weren't following the pump staff we were following the sir staff we were following you know tom tom and then opening up tom tom the restaurant so they keep giving flashbacks of like different scenes that happened at pump but in reality i just didn't get it i was like yeah who cares <laughs> i feel bad for all the people that are losing their jobs that sucks. But as a viewer, I don't feel like we emotionally were really invested in Pump as the restaurant. Sheena, Lala, Katie, and Ariana all show up at Lisa's table and Schwartz is behind the bar. I will say, if you have to go back and watch an episode, though, <laughs> Schwartz. Schwartz mentions, so Schwartz is behind the bar. He's making drinks for people at the closing of pump well schwartz was a bartender for like a day when pump first opened and katie begged lisa for him to get this job and he basically had a meltdown lost his mind and couldn't even bartend for a shift one shift he couldn't even make it through he had to like leave because he was so overwhelmed so if you do go back and do a rewatch of vanderpump rules find that episode i don't it was in, it's got to be in the first couple of seasons of vanderpump but it's so good that whole scene and <laughs> How Katie married that man after that happened, I don't know, but it was it's that is gold. So that is the one the one memory of Pump that's that's good for the viewers. The ladies move to a quieter place to talk, and Schwartz and Lisa start talking about Schwartz and Sandys and how Sandoval has all but abandoned the bar. We then have good as gold playing, and Sheena and Brock are entering the recording studio. They meet various members of the band the 27th, which I think might be Sheena's band. I'm not sure. Sheena talks about DJing this thing called Emo Night. Katie and Ariana are going to join her too. I don't know why that sounded weird. Ariana are going to join her too. So Sheena now wants to do a good as gold cover, but more emo. Brock seems super supportive and sweet. He's like, oh my God, I love this version of my wife. That's a really bad Brock impersonation. He seems very in awe of her doing what she loves to do, which is sweet. Sheena talks about her music career, and I'm using air quotes. You guys can't see me, but I'm using air quotes when I say career, and how much hate she got for her song and video for one more time. And we flash back to the tragedy that was season eight of Vanderpump Rules. Honestly, the fact that Vanderpump Rules got a season nine, and thankfully the gem that was season 10 after season eight, that is one of the worst seasons of reality TV that Bravo has ever put out. 
ever. But we see this horrible music video with Sheena and it basically she's saying, I got so much hate for that video and that song that I just decided to hang up my music career, which is laughable because it wasn't really a career. But we do appreciate she should just say music hobby, which which good for her. I always have admired Sheena because she will put herself out there. And that is fabulous. Sheena and Brock then talk about a nanny situation because they're going to emo night. They're doing things together. Brock definitely misses his wife before motherhood because of Sheena's OCD. She struggles with having other people watch her daughter. She struggles with even doing things herself with her own daughter because she's always thinking about the worst case scenario. Um, And they also are talking about her potentially hiring a nanny. I should say her and Brock are potentially hiring a nanny. Schwartz and Sandoval meet up for a sit down. Sandoval talks about his sobriety and why he gets sober because of Raquel. I, I follow him on Instagram. I don't think he's sober anymore. He has a new girlfriend. He just posted on Instagram them having Bloody Marys and coffee cups. So I'm pretty sure the sobriety journey is over for him at the moment. Still rooting for him. I don't think alcohol and drugs is something that he should even be on. He seems like he has a very addictive personality, but I'm rooting for him. But yeah, it looks like the sobriety train is donezo for him at the moment. Schwartz talks about the stress of the bar and Sandoval starts to talk about how much financial stress he is under and how he had to cover eight months of the bills because Ariana paid nothing. I don't know what their situation is. I would assume since they were not married that they went in very much like these are my finances. These are your finances. We each cover half of everything just to make it less sticky. But I I don't know what he's saying is true. She's saying he's offering her a measly sum of money to buy out, buy her out for the house. Now he's saying that she isn't paying her part of eight months of bills and he barely has an, a couple hundred dollars in his bank account. Who knows? Who knows what the truth is at this point? I would love, as I'm a budget nerd, so I would love to go through their account and see who's telling the truth, but we'll probably never know. Unless, well, she is suing him though. She is suing him to sell the house. So maybe some of that stuff will come out in public record. I don't know how that works. Sandoval does say something and I agree with it. He says, I just want to move on regarding Sandoval. As fans, we all want to move on. We're done. Sandoval asks Schwartz if he's going to stick with him and Schwartz says that he is going to do what's best for him. Yes, get a backbone. Back to Sheena and Brock. Summer Moon is there. Sheena's mom, Erica, is there and their family friend, Tori, comes over to watch Summer Moon as a first step for Sheena to be comfortable with someone besides close family watching her daughter. Brock tells Tori about Sheena not letting things go and her OCD, which I didn't like that. I didn't like that, Brock. I have to admit it. Sheena was like, just shut up to Brock. And I, and I don't blame her because let's not talk about people's OCD. Let's not talk about people's mental health. I don't know how well Sheena says that she knows Tori and she's known Tori for a while, but who knows how well she knows her. And Sheena should be able to share that with people that she wants to share it with on her own time. But then we have Sheena's mom, Erica, that decides to get involved with it. She's like, yeah, she's just being a total biatch. And then she gets in the middle and Brock says that he is so supportive of Sheena. He's like, hey, why are you getting triggered? I've been nothing but supportive of you. And Eric's like, mm, mm, uh, mm, uh. Brock does call her out on that. He's like, oh, you can mm, mm me all you want. Sheena's mom needs to stay the fudge out of it. She really does. I understand that Sheena's her daughter. I understand that Summer Moon is her granddaughter. But this is a parenting choice that Sheena and Brock need to make together. 
They do have a cute moment. It, you can tell that Brock does love Sheena's mom, though. You can tell that they have a love for each other. But I didn't like Erica going, oh, do you do you really support her? Mm, mm, mm. That was I thought that was so bitchy. <laughs> that was so bitchy. But they do have a cute moment at the end wrap, and it wraps it up, which is nice. Allie and James greet Schwartz. Schwartz is bringing them yet another plant for a housewarming gift, which is which is very sweet. And of course, they give him a house tour. He gets a little bit upset that he is no longer a homeowner with Katie and that he might not ever be a homeowner again, which in this economy, it's hard to be a homeowner. Allie wants to see Schwartz's birth chart and she also wants to give him some guidance. She does then say that she opened her own business under AllieLuber.com to read people's birth charts. I looked up her website. I did not see any available appointments for the next. I just scrolled through the next like year. I don't know if she maybe made it to where maybe she was getting overwhelmed with requests after this episode aired a couple days ago and was like, nope, let's close this down for just a second so I don't feel overwhelmed. But I did look up her business under AllieLuber.com and a 45-minute reading via Zoom is $195 if y'all are interested. I've never had my birth chart read, but Lord knows I need guidance in this time as well. She tells Schwartz that he has the most Libra in a chart ever. I have no, I don't know signs. I'm a Gemini. I have no idea what signs are. I get bored easily. I don't read up on horoscopes or anything like that. But uh, she does say that he's a Libra or the most Libra in a chart that she's ever seen and that he is the ultimate peacekeeper. It then moves, of course, which I'm thankful because I'm not really into reading charts thing, but it does go into James receives a text from Sandoval inviting him to his birthday party. Schwartz is going, he tells James, and James says that he and Allie will stop by for a bit. Next, we're back to Tom and Ariana. Oh, and the, and also this is the same night as emo night. So Ariana, Katie, and Sheena, and Lala. Lala must be going there to support. They're all at emo night. They're in the back room. They're getting ready. So they just do a quick shot of that. So that's where the ladies are. But at the same time, Tom is back at Tommy, Tom and Ariana's house for the evening for his birthday party. He's like, hey, this is the first birthday. I'm going to be sober. Weird. Um, then James and Allie, they show James and Allie on their way to Sandoval's party. His bandmates show up. His vocal coach shows up. His manager shows up. His friend Kyle Chan shows up. And we get a return from the infamous Billy Lee. Schwartz then shows up to the party. And then James and Allie pull up. Allie's like, I'm waiting in the car, dude. I, I'll wait. Hurry. <laughs> Be quick. I don't. She just didn't want to go in. And I respect that. I think that's great. I think a lot of times we don't, and especially as women, we just don't want to be seen as rude. Um, and I love the fact that she was like, no, this is not, I don't want to go in there. I don't like the energy. James, you go have a talk. I'll be out here waiting. James definitely has the best line of the episode. I just, he's so damn funny sometimes. And he goes in to Santa Paul's party and he basically says Santa Paul's parties of who's who <laughs> like basically who the fuck are you people <laughs> and it just it does the party seems extremely sad it just seems like this ragamuffin group of individuals that are all on Tom's payroll it's or that are just super thirsty to be on camera <laughs> Billy Lee James asks for a water, but Tom gives him a squirt. 
I love Squirt. I've been craving Squirt ever since I've seen this episode. So I might go out and try to find Squirt. I don't even know. Do they sell Squirt? They must. It's on the episode. Tom is having my favorite non-alcoholic beer. I don't know. Corona, though, is close. Corona, alcohol-free, and Heineken 0.0. Those are two amazing. If you guys want to just calm down on your drinking or you like beer, but you don't want to feel bloated or hung over the next day, non-alcoholic beer is where it's at. Non-alcoholic wine, not so much, but non-alcoholic beer, Heineken 0.0, and then non-alcohol, the alcohol-free Coronas are amazing. So James and him are sitting down, they're kind of chatting, and, but you can just tell that James wants an apology from Sandoval and basically says that what he did to him because he was so close to him and Raquel was his ex-fiance. This was a woman that he was going to marry. He says, hey, do I get a sorry? Do I get, uh, you know, some sort of an apology for the ultimate betrayal? Well, this, of course, you can just tell the second that Sandoval hears that he has to give an apology to anyone, including James, it sets him off. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is that? Like, dude, like, dude, by the way, I know I'm trying so hard to work on my ums and my likes. If you go to Sandoval's podcast, go to the reviews. Because apparently, I only listened to the very first episode and I was just like, this guy is so, as I say, like, this guy is so full of himself and has no self-awareness and has no, just, there's no self-reflection there. And so I stopped listening after the first episode. But you go to his podcast reviews and everyone is just... Dude, why are you going to say like every episode? Oh my God, these episodes are unbearable. unbearable. Tom says like, 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 like. Just so you know. So my Sandoval impression will probably include a lot of likes. I say like too. I say, um, I'm sorry. I'm trying to work on it and being more conscientious of it as I record. So I will say that. Sandoval then brings up, like, oh, so like the ultimate like betrayal, like when like 10 like years like ago, you like we're banging like Kristen. <laughs> so James realizes very quickly he's not getting an apology from Sandoval and Sandoval is still bringing up shit from 10 years ago when he was banging Kristen. Sandoval calls James a narcissist even. Wow. Takes one to no one, Sandoval. You are the biggest narcissist of all time. James leaves and then he tells Allie, hey, is it illegal to piss on someone's bush? He takes a piss on their bush outside of course Allie's mortified she's she lets James know hey that's Ariana's bush too but that's where we leave off we leave off with James pissing on Tom's bush as he leaves the house in a tizzy it was an okay episode I liked it better than episode one I feel like things are getting we're I hope we're moving on from Scandal. I really really do and to be continued to be continued next week. Thank you so much for listening to my Vanderpump Rules recap. I'm going to try to get my Real Housewives of Orange County recaps out every third, every Tuesday, sorry, and my Vanderpump Rules out every Friday morning. I'm working on the weekends. I'm trying to figure out this new schedule. Plus, I record in the mornings before my kids wake up and I work all weekend. So it's, but we're figuring it out. I, I'm just loving this podcast and doing this podcast so much. And I hope you guys are enjoying it as well. This is only, what, my fourth one? I think this will be my fourth episode. So I'm enjoying it. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe. Please rate five stars, four stars. Nothing lower than four. 
We don't need anything lower than four. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, X. There's a few more. Facebook. If you want to follow me there, my email is fluentinbravo at gmail.com. If you have any comments, feedback, anything like that. And I will hopefully chat with you next time. Bye.